This episode is brought to you by Fleximize, a multi-award winning digital business lender dedicated to providing UK SMEs with flexible finance done properly. Welcome back to Portman Road. Burns, trying to find Jackson. It's Caden Jackson. It's 2-0. Oh, it's Chaplin. It's Colin Chaplin. It calls for Sarmiento. Jeremy Sarmiento. Jack Taylor, 25 yards out. Welcome everybody to the official Ipswich Town podcast powered by Fleximize. Now today we bring you a very special episode to kick off the series in 2024. I've been catching up with an old mate, Ali Alhamidi, joined town at the end of January from AFC Wimbledon, a team I'm somewhat familiar with. He scored 27 goals in 48 games for the Wombles and he's been telling me all about his remarkable journey into football having been born in war-torn Iraq and brought up in Toxteth, Liverpool. He's also been speaking about how excited he is to get things going at Portman Road. Ali. Ali, Ali, Ali. Where do I begin with this one? Um, firstly, welcome to Ipswich Town. I bet you didn't expect to see me here. Um <laughs> It's been quite the journey, hasn't it? When I sit back and, and I reflect on the past year, knowing you over the past year, when, when you came into to my club, Wimbledon, um, and seeing you now playing for a team potentially challenging for the Premier League, um, well done. I'm proud. I'm proud, mate. Well done. Um, but welcome to Ipswich. Ah, thank you. Um, yeah, I didn't expect to see you in these uh, circumstances. A bit weird. Probably see me in a different different kit. Um but yeah, like you said, it's um, what what an amazing opportunity for me and for, for my career. And yeah, it was it was tough to leave Wimbledon because we were just chatting. It's a club that I that I loved, and and they they made me who I who I am now. Um, but I'm sure you know people with time will understand that it's a decision that I just had to had to take up. And yeah, now it's just just getting down to work here and and helping these guys get promoted, hopefully. Our objective in this session is to is to tell your story because your story, it's it's very very rich. There's so many different chapters to it, and this feels like a huge chapter, right at the end of it in in this in this new sort of beginning for you as as Ali Ahmadi, the established footballer. Because if you think about a year ago where you were, you'd been to Wickham, you'd been to Swansea, Tranmere, Bromley, and you weren't playing football. A year later. You score 27 goals in 40-something appearances. You create a whole bunch more. You save a club pretty much from extinction out of the EFL, from relegation from the EFL, and, and you put a club right in the mix for, for the playoffs in League Two. Um, 365 days is a long time in football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it can it can go either way, can't it? Because, like you said, it's it's it could go either, you know, for the better or for the worse. And... I think my journey is a bit. Um, it is. It's a bit of a mad one because at twenty one, I've been at many clubs so far, and from the outside, you know, looking in sometimes, it looks like, oh, like why didn't that work out there, or why didn't, um, why didn't he maybe play as much at that club, or why didn't he score as many goals at that club? Um, a lot of the circumstances I was in was things out of my control. Um, had nothing to do with how I was training, how I was operating on a on a day to day basis. You know, I'm still the same player you don't really change much in two, three years. So um, sometimes you just just have to have the trust, the faith of a manager, be put in the right situation to, to be able to flourish. 
Um, and, you know, I always use Wickham as an example. I don't think my time at Wickham was was bad or anything. You know, I was always raring to go. I was always, always training. You know, fitness level was high, always, always ready to, to make an impact. It's just I was unfortunate that I come from Swansea's academy. I'd not played first team football yet. Um, and I had better experienced players ahead of me, you know, your Sam Vokes, Gareth McCleary, Anas Mimetti. Um So, and as, as a forward, it's hard sometimes because, yeah, you know, you want to, every time you come on a pitch, you want to make an impact, whether it's 10, 15 minutes. But, you know, if you look at my Wickham appearances, they were all, they were all 10 minutes off the bench and there's not much sometimes you can do in those, in, in that time period. So, like I said, it was it was nothing as, as such as that I was doing. I'd say behind the scenes, if you speak to all, all the people at Wickham and, and all the coaches, I was you know, always great way of ethic. Um and I was I was just raring to go really. I was I was ready to just blow up and, and blow into the scene and um you know, luckily Wimbledon gave me that chance and, and, and Johnny Jackson. So um yeah, like I said, sometimes when, when people look at my journey, I'd say to this point, they will have you know, everyone has different opinions or why didn't it work out there or why didn't he maybe kick on there or, or play his, his game. But, you know, I'm, I'm I'm the same player. I'm no different to what I was two, three. Yeah, you improve as a player, but, you know, your base qualities and, and ability and and, um, and personality, I'd say, is the same. So as a player, sometimes you just land in, in fortunate or unfortunate situations where um, your qualities are there for people to, to see and... and having a manager who has the trust and faith in you to just let you go out there and, and express yourself. So, yeah, that's, um, I'd say that that's a big part of, of why probably I've had, like, a few clubs already at such a young age. I remember phoning Joe Jacobson of Wickham when you signed and, and sort of asking him what you like. Great lad, really good to be about. And he turned around to me because I'm still unsure. Is he a... A proper forward? Is he someone who drifts in? And I was like, okay, fine. And he goes, but I guarantee you, if he plays, he'll start flying. And I was like, fair enough, that's a big claim. And he wasn't wrong because you scored a hat full of goals. Um, tell us about the making of Ali, the goal scorer, because you talked about having those base qualities. You talked about playing and and sort of going from Swansea, the academy, to, to Wickham, and then trying to make the leap from academy football to men's football. But it clicked at Wimbledon for you. It just clicked. That was it. That's the only way I can explain 27 goals, because in the first half of it, you played in a poor team. In the second half of it, you played in a good team. And either way, you're scoring goals. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think um, being a, a striker is a... Definitely a specialist position. It um, requires a lot of a lot of work. Um, I think a modern day striker needs to be able to do everything, um, especially the way the game's progressing. You see how how Gaffer likes a player. You know you have to be very very athletic, um, but also have the ability to handle the ball and, and finish off chances. Sorry. Um, so, like I said, it, it's a tough position, and I think it, it's. Not that it's you know I, th- I think you know people always say you know that's why strikers get paid the most or they're the most in demand because it's the hardest thing to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, it's a it's a skill that requires it's a craft really. You know you have to work on so many different types of finishes, movements, um, putting yourself in positions around the box, learning different types of um, passes and movements from your teammates, etc. So yeah, for me, I've I've always I've always just loved the way you know like I love. Um, 
I love just getting to work and 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 improve myself and and by no you know by no means a, f- a finished article or whatever. I think as a, again as a as a forward, you it's something you just have to keep refining and working on your whole career. Um, and like the exciting thing for me is I've, I feel I have not even hit you know my my prime. You know I'm still quite young, still still learning my trade, but at the same time I've got confidence and and um, and the belief in myself that to say you know I'm 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 here and I'm here to do do my job and I'm I'm not here to just be a young player and, and see how things you know and float around like no I'm I'm here to because I deserve to be here because I've proved that I deserve to be here and I've always I think with with my characteristics that's always been like my base I don't care what people say about me I don't care fans coaches what I don't think so I've got a deep rooted belief in myself that no I'll be all right no I, I'll I'll prove myself right and. Um, I think you need that in football. Like it's, it's such a demanding sport, physically, mentally. Uh, you have to be ruthless in in every way, really, in in the way you approach your work and the way you deal with criticism, failure, success. Um, and I think it's actually harder to deal with success because now people are expecting such high levels of you. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm like I said, I think um, it's just exciting times for me here and. I'm here to, you know, to really kick on now and and pick up just what what I was doing at Wimbledon. Of course, I'm not naive. I know it's going to be a step up, and I need to learn a few things. And people are going to be faster, fitter, stronger. Um, but you know, I back myself to to adapt and and handle it all. So, yeah, just can't um, can't wait for this, you know, kind of period of the season now, running into the to the the finish line. Really, forget football for a minute. Forget the buzzwords, forget the cliches and all that. Let's talk about family because this is such a big part of your story and I know you've told it in so many different ways, written down. But, I mean, it's it's genuinely fascinating. You don't find... Forget footballers, you don't find people who have been as successful as you who come from the the situations you, you've been in. Born in Iraq um, during, during the height of, of the war uh, over there. Um, it was tough for you because of your dad's role against Saddam Hussein. Your dad um, is someone I find fa- absolutely fascinating. The fact that he he's he's very well educated. He's a lawyer. Obviously, had to make his way here after your mum took you to Jordan and then brought you here. What a journey for a young man! Before you're even aware of what the world is, you have been here, there, and everywhere. What was growing up like? And, and knowing where you'd come from, what was what was it like landing in England? And, and we'll talk about Toxteth in a minute, but tell me about those first few years for Ali Alhamdi. Yeah, um, I was quite young, obviously, so I don't remember much of um, of what was going on. I hear stories of, of family members and um, especially my dad. Um, and yeah, like I said, what what an amazing person. Um, I think people are. A ruthless and relentless in different ways, and to to go through what he went through to to get his family over here and and give him a better life is um, it's just as good as somebody, you know, somebody maybe winning the World Cup in their own way. That's that's the that's their end goal, and his goal is to get his family to safety and and yeah, just just amazing. And I think early years, I can just remember us not not having a lot, you know, not having a lot. Uh, remember days my dad wouldn't eat or or you know. Yeah, just wouldn't eat. So would would let me and my mum have have what was left. Um, 
so it, gave, it gives you a real real humbleness I, I think and it gives you a real perspective on on life um as as you go through through the stages of life so yeah like i said i can't really remember much in terms of maybe moments i can just flashbacks moments of this happened at this time and um but i just remember it's not never really having a lot um growing up in, in a flat and uh or sleeping in the same room like and, and having a living room as as small as room which i know a lot of people live in those conditions now but yeah, I mean, uh, it's just amazing, amazing journey, and, and I'm forever grateful for for family and for me. It's it's a big part of my life. Family is uh, is really important, um, and you know, away from the football, of course, you've got your own personal um, goals and and milestones that you want to reach. But I think in, in in the grand scheme of things, it's you doing it for your family and and for the people who've who've been there and supported you throughout. Must be a huge feeling of pride for your dad, considering what he went through for his country back all those years, what, 20 odd years ago, to now see his son putting on the Iraq shirt and playing for the national team, must be huge for him. Yeah, I mean, he came to watch me out in Qatar. So, um, yeah, my dad, uh, I, f I think it's a Middle Eastern thing maybe, or a, an old school thing, where, you know, as men, we don't tend to show emotional cry as much, but. I just remember, you know, hugging him after after we played Vietnam, and that's the first time he'd actually seen me in person playing for my country. So, yeah, just it was quite emotional. He shed a few tears, and and I think I just remember that moment for life now because it's quite rare for him to show emotion. Um, but yeah, for for my mum also, you know, my mum's really supportive of me. She watches all my games. She's and, very brave, considering. I mean, you you've touched on your dad. You haven't really talked about your mum to take your child and, and, and crossed another country in hope of fleeing and, and getting away. I mean, genuine, you, you don't see that on a daily basis. Yeah. No, my mother's amazing as well. I think, um, again, in Middle Eastern culture, you, you don't tend to mention your mum a lot because it's kind of like a sign of respect. And um, when it comes to women of the family, they always kind of not get left out, but it's kind of keeping them out of conversation, out of out of respect for women. That's uh, uh, might be hard for people to grasp, maybe in in Western culture, but um, that's why I don't tend to sometimes mention my mum in like say if interviews. I want to talk about my story, but you know she's just as amazing and just as brave as, as what my dad was to um, to do that at such a young age. You know she had me very young, so you know she's an amazing woman as well, and and. Yeah, just just forever grateful to them both for, for what they've done for me. You got a brother and sister? Yeah. Brother's a big basketball player, I take? Yeah, yeah, brother plays basketball and uh, he's out in Texas at the moment. And then my little sister's eight. She's, um don't know what she is, to be honest. She's just, she's a she's a girly girl, so I don't know if she's going to go down the sports route or, um yeah, she just loves, like, vlogging and TikTok and all that stuff kids do nowadays. So it'll be interesting to see what she does. Talk to me about Toxteth because it's a place that suffered a lot in the 70s and the 80s. There were a lot of social issues there. I'd imagine when you got there as well, there were a lot of social issues. I know you talked about them as well. You talked about crowds and, and people. What do you remember from your early years being there, being in Liverpool? Yeah. Um, maybe being a bit different from everyone else as well. Mm, um, yeah, Toxteth is... Um... I think you, you go to Liverpool, you say talk to everyone. So it was all like a bit rough, bit um bit rough around the edges. And yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um growing up in, in that um environment, 
gives me a gave me a different edge, I'd say, to to my personality, to my to my person. And yeah, there was there was periods where I wasn't the best, you know, best behaved kid. I was uh, got to home by police a few times. Um, like I said, like hang around the wrong wrong types of people. Um, but it, it's hard because because that's all you know. You know, you're surrounded by you're surrounded by it, and I think your your environment determines so much of of um, of what you do and, and and the person that shapes you into. So, you know, as a young kid who's already come from a family of who've kind of been through tough times, it wasn't easy to be in that environment and. Um, I wouldn't say I was at the you know the worst kid in the world. I was still had a very good upbringing, good family background, and I think in the back of my mind that always kept me anchored. So regardless of how maybe far off the path I strayed, I'd always find my way back onto the path because I had that strong family uh, and and you know the beliefs and, and culture that that I've been raised on. Um, and then yeah, football was just you know I picked it up at, at a young age and started like most people do, just playing on the streets with me mates. I don't think people probably tend to do that as much now. I think I was probably like the last of of that generation who who played out on the streets, just grabbing the ball and booting it against the wall or just playing with your mates out, out on the streets. So that was my first real like experiences of football and then we had a um still there now it's like a community centre for, for kids. It's called their uh, Firefit, which I spent don't know how many hours there, thousands of hours just playing five sides and, and playing there every day after school. Um but yeah, I love I love Toxler Flats, it's still my home. My my family still live there now, so um I try and go back as often and, and see everyone there. But yeah, I think places like that can either make you or break you and for me I just used it as a um, as a driving force for me to, to kick on and hopefully be motivation. To, to people in the area because a lot of people do obviously know me and know my journey and also just want to be an inspiration to them. Someone came and watched you last season and, and they watched your movement and I've always said you're, you're, you're very intelligent in what you do and we've been talking about other players and maybe how they lack intelligence. Someone called you a street baller. You can get out of a situation instantly. That's going to be such a huge quality to what you do here because this team, look, I, I call it high-risk, high-reward football. Ipswich Town know that they will concede chances, but they're confident that they will score more than you. And and sometimes you're put in positions where you need to be so agile and so quick, like you were against Preston North End. You, you know, there's that shot and then Kiefer manages to, to score. But would you consider yourself to be a bit of a street baller? Are you a street footballer? Is that where you, you learn your trade? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's like you said, there's there's different types of like like street footballers. You know, you've got your like very nifty like jinky like players you know like you know Mari Hutchinson's a perfect example just really really nifty got good feet both can go both ways um I'd say I'm probably a bit different to that in terms of of how I play but I've definitely like I said got that bit of randomness sometimes about me where you know I, I, I can pull something out, out out the bag and um it's just it's just a balance really nowadays because like you said, we've got a gaffer in here and, and a really good system to where you need to be structured in a sense of how, where you're moving and, and your positioning. But at the same time, don't lose that instinct and don't lose that um, playfulness and curiosity and a bit of yeah, like you said, a bit of a uh, bit of randomness to to be able to produce good moments. Um, and for me, it's like I said, just honing in on on that now and. I think being in League Two and, and you know, to be fair, throughout English football you do get a lot of physicality, a lot of big teams, teams who are just 
play long balls, second balls, pick up seconds and stuff. And I think Gaffer said something really good the other day, and I'd never heard it before. But he's like, you know, you can build successful moments off off that randomness, but you can't build successful seasons. So, you know, over the course of a season, if you know more time, if you play a structured way with patterns that you can repeat in every game and create similar type of chances each game, you're gonna have more success than if you're playing like a more random type of football, which is depending on a lot of different factors. So, um, yeah, look, I, f- I think with my characteristics, I can I can fit into that, and um, and hopefully, yeah, like I said, I'm 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 learning off Kiefer. He's a top top player, you know, been at the highest level, and and just trying to learn off him how he operates, and he's obviously a different type of player to me, a bigger hold holder player, and, and can probably play a bit more direct into him, but. I can't see why, you know, I can't learn from that myself as well and and, and um, improve those qualities. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm in a fortunate position where I've got that type of quality around me, you know, to be able to learn off and and obviously get that service as well, different type of service of, of players who obviously are playing at a high level and a higher quality. Just give you a top tip. Yeah. Don't call him Gaffer. Am I right? Can't call him, don't call him Gaffer. Doesn't, doesn't like him. No, him. not a fan, is he? Boss. Boss. Boss, what a boss. That's my top tip. Sorry, boss. <laughs> um, one question, and I'm and, and researching this, and I know you have long, I've never asked you, are you red or blue? I'm a red. You're red? Yeah. Do you know who else grew up in Toxton? Uh, Robbie Fowler. Robbie Fowler, uh, Ian Callahan yeah. as well. Yeah. Absolute legends. Um, Curtis Jones as well, grew up in Toxton. Originally. He did, he did. A couple of Everton's as well, but we won't talk yeah. about that. But, <laughs> Who do you model your game on? Who was your first sort of childhood hero growing up? Um, I wasn't I, growing up. I was actually I played a bit deeper. I played like like number ten midfield. So because um, I was always quite bigger than than everyone else, everyone kind of caught up to me in the end. <laughs> um, but I I loved Steven Gerrard. I used to adore the man. Like I still do now. Um, just such a legend and. Yeah, I used to just love the way he played, just high energy and he just everything Liverpool was about, everything that the city where I grew up is about and actually where even coming from Iraq, just having that fight and he was just like a just like a horse, just galloping around the pitch and could also play as well, you know, it wasn't just physical and yeah, I used to love watching him growing up. Just used to pull his goals on on replay and just watch them all the time. So yeah, I'd say him and then obviously towards the end, um, when like your Suarez just came in, I love to watch him and and Torres and stuff. But I'd say like in terms of actually modelling my game off someone, I don't. I just like to pick up bits off off everyone. Um, you know, watch you know like your movements, your Jamie Vardy's, your Ollie Watkins. Um, and then you know if you want to learn how to finish, obviously you're gonna watch your Harry Kane and 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 that type. So I wouldn't say I have based my my game off like one specific type of player because I think everyone's unique. But just picking up. The bits you need from from other players definitely and people you've played with as well i want to sort of close off the talks of sort of chapter by talking to you about progression and moving on because there comes a point where you grow out of certain things you grow out of roaming around and, and messing around with your mates on the streets and playing football and playing five alive do you, do you used to call it five do you remember five alive no five not five side five live do you remember five live do you know five Live? We used to hit it against the wall and you get one bounce, no? Oh, that's called one bounce. Just one bounce. It's called five live, mate. You used to get five lives. And if it hit you and it, oh, okay, right. <laughs> but 
you know what I mean. You 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 kind of grow out of certain things and you go off and you do your own things. And you've been really open about talking about the the social situation in Liverpool, uh, the crowds, the the people around you. Now, there comes a point where you're playing Liverpool schoolboys and you're being watched by Liverpool, by Everton, by Tramier Rovers, who you eventually go on and join. How do you focus on Ali Alhamadi, understand the journey that your parents have been on to bring you here, understand and, and respect the, the environment you live in, in the sense you told us you didn't have much and things, things weren't easy. How do you keep so focused and you're like, right, I am going to do this, I'm going to become a footballer, when all the noise around you is stray, come off with us, let's go here, let's do that, let's do that, and let's get into trouble. I don't, I don't know whether it's a, I don't know if it's like an innate quality, like a natural thing, or I don't know if it's something that um, is built or, or learnt or taught. I, I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, all I know is, like I said, I kind of had like a compass that I could always come back to, which was my, you know, my deep-rooted beliefs and, and morals and values that my family are built on. And, and I'm obviously, I come from a religious background and being a Muslim, so kind of always having that moral compass and, and, and knowing where to come back to. So, yeah, I feel like that's been the story of my life, to be honest. I've, I've always had off the field just so much noise and, and it's a skill that you need to learn to, to block out the noise um, in different ways. Whether for, for me, again, as I've, get, as I've got a little bit older, I think being a bit more spiritual and, and religious and... and that side of things helps me stay centered and stay focused. When I was that age, it was probably, like I said, probably more of an unconscious thing, uh, probably like a natural quality that I just had. Um, you know, I could, I could be out with, with a with a group of lads behind some bins, and they're all smoking weed, and then I'll have training in two hours, and then I'm I'm focused on training. Um, and I think some people just have that quality to be able to be present and focused on whatever they're doing, and. I don't know again where that comes from. For me, maybe it is being being religious and being focused in, in that sense. But yeah, it it is tough, and that's why being a footballer is such such a hard thing, and it's not easy to be a footballer. Um, everyone, a lot of people would die to be in in my position. So yeah, just do people from the past privileged. contact you? Yeah, not really. I, I think as I as I got older and moved away from home, I, cu I cut a lot of people off and. You have to be you have to be ruthless. Unfortunately, sometimes with football you have to be a bit selfish, and not selfish as in not caring about people around you. It's look, this is my life, this is my path, so I need to put my all into this. Um, you're not helping me grow. You're not helping me progress. Um, you're not pushing me to be better in in any way, shape, or form. And do you know I mean I'm sorry, but I'm gonna have to just do my own thing here. Um, you have to have that ability to be able to do that because some people. They, they, they just can't um, and I, I think I've still got that now you know I don't I've got a lot of friends but I do like my alone time I'm quite driven I'm quite focused um, I'd say I like my own, my own space I don't really like being around people all the time um, but you know people people work in different ways maybe you're mm. different but yeah it's 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 weird like I said I don't know where it comes from the, qual the quality maybe it's just my family background maybe it's something you're born with I'm not, not really too sure Tell me about the spirituality element of things because we, we made a documentary together um, 
in, in Ramadan. Ramadan's actually coming up as well yeah. uh, very, very soon. But we made a documentary last year sort of charting your journey and, and where you were and, and how you dealt with, with sort of managing that element of things, managing the fasting, managing that lifestyle and, and playing football. But how crucial and how important is your faith to you? Yeah, it's everything. It's um, it's it's my guide. Um, yeah, it's it's just my guide in, in in every way. You know, whether I'm whether I'm doing well in life in terms of outcomes and, and success, whether I'm not doing as well. Um, just having that um, to go back to is is everything to me, and I've got yeah, I owe everything to to my faith and my religion because. I think it's a superpower that you can tap into and it's something that we've all got within us. Um, so like I said, in, in the tough moments, probably it comes out and, and helps you a lot more. But even in the good times, it's about just being being centred and, and staying humble, staying, you know, having gratitude for the position you're in. Um, so it's big for me. You know, I, I It's built into my routines and to, to every way of, of life. You know, even something as simple as just waking up in the morning just making sure you show thanks for that and before every meal after every training session you come off the pitch if you're not injured if you, you feel well in, in body and in mind that's that's always a blessing so you know, i think if you live your life like that whether you're doing really well whether you're not it's always um it always allows you to stay centered and, and have a, a perspective on life so yeah it's, it's very important to me funding your business doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to take weeks. It doesn't need to involve your bank. At Fleximize, we believe there's a different way to do things. We take the hassle out of finance, so you can get on with what you do best, running your business. Think of us as your trusty sidekick with the power to boost your business with fast, flexible loans built for you. Visit us at Fleximize.com or call our Ipswich office on 01473 208 108. Fleximize. Business finance done properly. Let's push on and talk about Tranmere because Tranmere and Swansea give you your first taste of, of proper academy football. Um, and it's a big decision you have to make leaving Liverpool, the Wirral. Sorry, I know people get a bit funny about that. Leaving the Wirral and, and moving. I should to... live in the Wirral, but yeah. I know, you, I know you're not a wall. You're not a wall. Don't worry, you're, you're a proper scouser. But, but playing for Tranmere and then going and, and going to South Wales on your own as a young man, what's it like leaving home for the first time and not going to university? Yeah. Yeah, it was... I remember being excited, obviously, because I was like, well, what an opportunity for me to finally leave home and, and go find, find out who I am for myself and fail and, and learn all the challenges that, that are out there for me. But... Um, I think after a few months, I was just homesick. I couldn't couldn't wait to go home. The first year at Swansea was really tough mentally for me. I I um I, I did struggle to to cope with that because I'd been used to been used to home, being used to being with my family and such such a close family. So being away from that was was very tough for me. Um, and I picked up a lot of injuries first year at Swansea. My body just wasn't used to the load, and I went from Tramia where it was, you know, with all the respect, not that physically demanding, not that mentally demanding to move into. At the time, we were obviously Premier League Academy category one. It was a big step up in, in, um, in facilities and training and, and the load and stuff. So first year was just all learning for me. 
Um, and I just remember one moment actually in in, in my first year towards the end. Uh, we played Norwich away, and I scored my first goal for the for the under eighteens, and it was just like so, such an emotional moment for me because I just had such a tough year, um, and it was just like the 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 weight of the world just lifted on my shoulders, um, and then I came back the next season and uh, yeah I had a really good year, started kicking on a lot more at Swansea, and then my first year pro at the at Swansea was was good as well. Um, a lot of people don't know that you know. I actually could have stayed this one. They did offer me a, a new deal to to stay there for two more years. But for me, it was just having honest conversations with the people there at the time, and I thought I was ready to make the step up and in, into a first team environment. Um, so I wanted to actually go on loan, but they they didn't allow that at the time for a lot of reasons. I don't want to get into, but um, that's why I kind of took that risk to leave and and go in search of first team football elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I've I've always been a risk taker. I've never took I'd say the easy option because the easy option would have been to stay at Swansea, two year contract, amazing facilities, amazing place. It was it was kind of like my new home. I took the risk to leave, and then same thing at Wickham. You know, I was could have, I had an opportunity to stay for for a further uh, year, so I took another risk by leaving there. Um, do you think? Do you think? So I've always I've always been comfortable taking those risks. To be honest, do you think the easy option for you this season would have been to stay at Wimbledon until the end of the season? Definitely. And yeah. I say that with yeah. the purest of love for that football yeah. club. You could have stayed there. You were a big fish in that pond, in that league. People were fearful of you. You probably would have hit 20, 25, maybe thirty goals. You could have probably put that club in the playoffs, guaranteed in the playoffs. Was that the easy option for you? Was this a challenge? Definitely, definitely. Um... I think you so even when when Ipswich came about, you know you you start thinking straight away. It's because it's human and, and you're human, so you start thinking, well, do I re-? like you? You always want this to happen, but when it actually comes around, you're thinking, like I'm, I am the, the, the like you said, a big fish. Was it a big fish in a small? Or is it the other way around? Big fish in a half big decent fish pond. in a half decent pond. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know everything's going really well. I'm banging goals and I'm I'm playing. With confidence, I'm playing week in week out. Um, got a chance to be top goalscorer in the league if if I carry on the way I am. So then you do get those questions in the back of your mind, but I I kind of love that that fear because for me it's like right now that's definitely what you need to do. Then that's 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 the choice you need to take because um, that's usually the one that's that's got the most pullback on it. So yeah, for me it was like yeah, I need to take this challenge. I need to take this step up now and and um. Yeah, and just prove to, prove to myself that I can do it. So, like we spoke about before, I, I know it won't be smooth sailing at times. I know there'll be, there'll be ups and downs. There was ups and downs at Wimbledon. Um, maybe people didn't see them sometimes, um, but there, there was definitely some some downs. So, yeah, more of the same expected there. But I think in the grand scheme of things, I've got a, a few years at the club, hopefully, to, to settle in and... and um, and like you said, you a team top of the champ. You don't get time to, you, you know, you don't get time to settle in. It's a bit unforgiving. You have to hit the ground running, which which I'm really looking forward to, and and I'm ready to do. It's been a bit of a whirlwind, hasn't it? I mean, tell me about the days where the transfer was being, I say, negotiated or, or the transfer was being finalised because it all happened very very quickly. You're an international duty. Yeah. You've got to focus on things with Iraq, but you're also looking at your your future. Who are you talking to? Who are you getting advice from? Um 
how are you making decisions? Because if that was me, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Yeah. It, it was tough, to be honest. I think usually with these things, you know, you, you're in the comfort of your home and at your club or with, around your family. For me, I was halfway across the world at a major tournament for the first time with 40 million people, you know, waiting on, on you to, to bring a, a, a trophy home. So it was a completely different, you know, kettle of fish. And I was, again, I was having to learn on the job and, yeah, just constantly being on the phone, you know, you need to speak to the manager, I need to speak to this person, to the agents ringing you, families ringing you, um, all while trying to focus on training in, in, in a few hours because you've got a game in a few days. So it, it was tough. I, I think it's probably been the most hectic month of my life um, because once everything gets agreed, then you're coming back, you're straight in, you've got to move house, you've got to move this, you've got to do this, you've got to register for those are different things. So... There's things behind the scenes that obviously people um and fans maybe as such don't don't tend to see. Um but someone lot... from here wanted a shout out on that. Who was it who wanted a shout out? Sally. Sally, yeah. Yeah, yeah Sally. Sally. <laughs> no, like, even people like Sally, you know, are here obviously at the club to help mm. you help you with stuff like that, find your house, get you settled in. So shout out to Sally because she wanted me to, to mention that. It feels like a real family here. I've been here what, six, seven, eight months now. And that's the biggest thing I'll say about here. It feels like everyone is together. There's like one ethos, everyone's moving that way. You feel like you're part of something. Yeah. Um, have you felt that in the first few days? Yeah, definitely. I, that was um, one of the first things I picked up on. No, not that we didn't have that one with because mm. I think, I think uh, we it's did definitely, family, we definitely did. Every yeah, I think, I think you, you, um, you know, I've been at a few clubs now and every, every team, every club has a different feel to it. You know, it's something that can't be described and, it's unique, I think, to every club. And when you walk through here, it's definitely a different feel to, to what I had at Wimbledon. Um, not in a bad way, you know, in, in, in a really good way. And everyone's everyone's been really welcome and everyone's been together. Um, uh, the boss, calling the boss, yeah, definitely. <laughs> the boss obviously loves um, loves that and, and you can see the messages he pushes and, and, and the environment he creates through the way he operates as well. Um, it's very scientific, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is. And, and like I said, I think the modern day game, you, you need you just need to keep up with the times because um, everything's evolving so quickly and it's it's 100 miles an hour. Um, like I said, now I think we're at a point where ev everyone is fit, everyone's strong, everyone's quick, everyone's technically good at this level. So you gotta you got to be prepared for that. Otherwise... Um, you know, you'll, you'll get found out. So I think, yeah, probably training, probably even harder than, than the games. Um, that's how, how the boss likes to operate, which is, yeah, just, just amazing because you can see it's, it's obviously worked for, for Ipswich this season. And I think if you stick to your principles, even through the tough times, obviously I know, you know, I think the past few weeks, maybe the results have dropped off a bit. We haven't been as, as firing as it was, as they was first half of the season. But, um, if you have those routines and kind of principles in place over over a long long season, it, um, it will pay off in, in the long run. So, um, yeah, the the environment here is definitely all pushing in, in the right direction. I said when we were sitting in the canteen, I feel like a, a parent coming and checking in on a child at, at boarding school. Have you made any friends? Because it's a really good group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, everyone's been been welcoming. I think. It always takes a few weeks uh, to to really form relationships and, and friendships. Um, luckily, I, I knew Skips before before I came here, Sammy. So he's been 
he's been top and helped me get shelled in and, and constantly checking in on me. Um, obviously, I came at the same time as, as Kiefer, so kind of <laughs> um, have that in common. And yeah, everyone's been, you know, not everyone's everyone's been really good to me, to be honest. Uh, once I've got like set of mates or, or like got along with, with everyone, particularly in more detail and time, because I've not had too long yet, but now everyone's been top. And um, yeah, just just grateful. I'm, I'm in a good group of uh, good group of lads. Football-wise, what's it been like working with them? Because, I mean, I talked about it being scientific. Why I say that is because stood in the canteen, everyone sat there having their lunch. I'm looking at these screens, watching the, the phases of play, going, oh, wow. And there's, like, soft music going on in the background. I'm like, what is this? Like, what are you trying to, like, sort of, like, what are you trying to put in my head? Because it's you're watching it and you're going, actually, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's really just fascinating to watch. But the Ipswich front line have been formidable incredible to watch I, I call it the bolt on bolt off front line boss can bring off four bring on four he can do whatever he likes it's his team but the quality that this football club possesses is mad and and you've come to add to it what's the difference between you and everyone else uh well just just talking about the forward players i think um yeah, the, the the boss mentioned the other day. We've got such a variety of, of ways we can we can hit teams now. Um, you know, just talk about again me and Kiefer to use an example. You've got complete polar opposite players probably, um, and you know you've even got the option of playing us together. Um, obviously, again that's that's the handsome manager, but I'm just saying we've got so much variety and and the way we we do things and. For me, like I said, I, I just pride myself on trying to be just be a complete forward because that's what you need to be in a modern day game. You know, I'm, I'm obviously very physical. I'm, I'm quick. Um, I can threaten the back line, but at the same time, now you're playing in a team where you're expected to handle the ball in tight situations and and be a, a focal point for the team, especially when you're playing as a striker on your own. So, just trying to be that complete complete forward um, because that's obviously hard. Everyone's kind of usually specialised in one thing or another. Um, so. Yeah, I think we've got such a such a variety of, of options now and, and that can only help us moving forward into the last part of the season. This club has had a, a phenomenal amount of goal scorers. You think about the players that have led the line here. Um, I look at Brazil, Crawford, even if you look in the modern era, like a Cunhago, Pablo Cunhago, Dal Murphy, Dal Bet. There are some ballers that have played here. What do you want your legacy to be at Portland Road? Um... Yeah, I just I just want to follow um, follow my own footsteps rather than you know other people and put my own um, you know my own stamp because I think when you leave a football club it's always nice to be remembered in, in a positive manner and I think uh, obviously I, I did that at Wimbledon and, and left kind of um, some history there and for, for moments and experiences and I think as fans that's what you always want you know pe- people yeah they'll, they'll watch a ninety minute game but at the end of the day people remember moments and and they remember. You know, moments of games and experiences, and um, if I can come away from here and whatever, whenever that is, with um, with my head held high and people remember me in a positive manner for obviously give my all for the team, for the shirt, and and score a lot of goals, which is which is obviously my first and foremost at the front of my mind. Um, then I'd be happy with it. Um, but like I said, I, I'm here to you know to do that, to score goals, to make an impact, to be an important player. So. I hope, um, yeah, just start proving that on the pitch now over over the course of this, you know, this last part of the season. Massive football club, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's massive. But that's that's what we live for. That's what um, 
I think that's that's what everyone wants to be playing for the biggest clubs in front of the biggest crowds and having that pressure and expectation is is um is where I thrive off. So yeah, I'm I'm really, really looking forward to it. Proper ground as well. Yeah, I've actually not been there. I've been there as a player once but I've not actually even seen it properly, so can't wait to hopefully be out there. You on a walk around. I know things happen so quickly so I didn't um I didn't actually get the chance to do that. Hopefully it's Saturday. How are you settling into life in Suffolk? It's all right. It's a bit, <laughs> bit, bit different to what I'm used to. Um, it's different being the city boy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, it's I've always been used to living in a city, so it's definitely quiet, boring. To be honest, not not no disrespect to it, but there's not much to do around here. Um, apart from my food shopping so far, so I've not really got that got a chance to do anything. Is it time to get a hobby of some sort? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, what I think either getting a pet or or a hobby. Yeah, that's that's what I'm. Cat. Yeah, I'm a cat person. Yeah, I know. How do you know that? Did I, have I told you that? No, you I just know. Guessed. I know. Just because culturally they're very big. Yeah, yeah. Culturally they're very, very big. Yeah. So I, I know that. Cat, what else are you thinking? I'm trying to think. The, the boys mm. love playing games. They love, they, they're they big gamers. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I've not got my um, my PlayStation still in, in Walton on Thames, so... Do you want to pick it up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should I told you to bring it? Sure, yeah. I could have. <laughs> um... So yeah, maybe when I get that a bit more, um, obviously I can do that after training and stuff, but right now I'm just, yeah, trying to find a hobby or definitely looking to probably getting a pet. Time to explore. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it is. Um, one last thing, and we only discovered it, what, a few months ago. Um, you have a little snacking habit, don't you? <laughs> yeah. And, and I was really trying to tap into what made Ali, Ali. And, and we've got to give shout-outs to, to Omar Bagil because we had yeah. this sort of like Middle Eastern connection up front of Wimbledon. Omar being for, uh, from a Lebanese background and Ali obviously being from Iraq. But um, there's one away game. I saw you guys bopping along and we're having a little chat and, and there's just this massive carrier bag <laughs> full of sunflower seeds. Um You've re- replaced them with pistachios here. Yeah. Do we need to get chef to to get you some in? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and have a look around to see where I can get some some flower seeds. Otherwise, I'll have to order them in. But yeah, we had this thing going on where we um, it's it is like a mi- Middle Eastern tradition where everyone's always carrying around the bag of sunflower seeds and just seeding away. Um, you know, we even used to do it on the bench, like sit there on a the bench. Really? Just, yeah, I remember what game? I think we played Portsmouth in in the um, in the EFL trophy and. We were just warming up and just leaving a tra- trailer seeds behind us. So, um, yeah, look, it was amazing as well. Obviously, playing with Omar and being away in the Asia Cup from the same team, same strike partnership was uh, just amazing. On me, like, won't, won't forget that. Um, but yeah, I need to find a new uh, seed and partner now. So. I think it's one for the kit man's bag. <laughs> the, the kit man or the physio needs to keep some form of sunflower seeds in there. That's yeah. what keeps Ali going. Um, is there anything else we should know about you? Um, no, not really. I'd say I'm just, like I mentioned, I'm, I can deal with what what's thrown my way. You know, um, I have done until this point in my career in, in life and in football. So, no, whether whether it will be tough times, I think I'll always bounce back, and uh, you know I'll always keep my chest out um, and and give my all for the for the football club. So I think you know Wimbledon fans will tell you um, as soon as I put on that shirt for whatever team I'm playing for, that's it. Like you you're gonna get my all, and um, hopefully I just want to start building that relationship and connection with the fans because that's that's very important for any team. Right? Well, first time I'll say, it. Ali, welcome home. Welcome to Portman Road. 
Welcome to Ipswich Town. You're going to absolutely fly here. You're a phenomenal young man, and I know these guys are buzzing to have you. So, yeah, thanks for giving me the privilege of doing your first proper interview. Yeah, it feels a bit strange, <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, love you yeah. to bits. And thank you very much, man. And Appreciate you. Thank you, pal. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to the official Ipswich Town podcast powered by Fleximize. Really good to sit down with Ali. Looking forward to speaking to more of our new signings as the season progresses. For more, check out Town TV on itfc.co.uk. But for now, come on you blues.